no Mr. Young in the wrestling for that shit. Check this. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to say hello to you and thanks for listening. This is episode 130 of the uh, podcast. I'm Jake Johansson, and uh, yes, it's going to be a good week this week. Where am I going? I'm going to Minneapolis, Minnesota this week. I'm going to be at the Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, February 18th to 21st. March 12th, I'm supposed to be in Knoxville, Tennessee, and the weekend after that, I'm supposed to be in Levittown, New York. I'm also supposed to be at the Comedy Works in Denver, I think, that weekend before that weekend. Um, but I haven't even got that on my website, so how can I know? How, you can know by doing some Googling the Comedy Works in Denver. It's the Denver South Club. And in March, I'm coming up to Flappers and Burbank. I'm going to be up in San Francisco at the Punchline. I'm going to a lot of places. I'm trying to put them on the website, jakethis.com. That's how you know where I am. This week, my guest on the podcast is, oh, and I've got my new special. It's finally out. My new special, Pictures of My Dinner, is out, and you can download that from a link at my website, jakethis.com. My guest this week is the person, the man, who was my partner, producer on my first, uh, or my special prior to my last special. It wasn't my first special. I'd done a couple before then, but that was the I Love You special, Emery Emery. He's been on the podcast before, and he stopped by. We had an interesting conversation. My wife popped in. It was a big afternoon, and it was uh, a fun afternoon, and I think in retrospect, it was a good conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. So without further blathering and hooplas, let's get on with it. Or shall we? First, about how you're going to talk, and then we can set the levels. Okay, I'll probably use mostly words, and uh, I'll uh, there will be some uh, conjunctions and uh, nouns, lots of nouns probably. Um, Is it just words that few, you're going to use? I might, I might, I might. Well, I, I'm not going to mention that I have a Starbucks drink in my hand. That would just be uh, okay. Yeah, product placement. Please don't mention any products because I don't have any endorsements. I don't have any sponsors, Okay, which is the real problem. So, my so, guest, you're my guest, Emery you. Emery. You've I, been a yeah. guest on my thing before. I've been here once. It was fun. Yeah, but we've been together many times. I love, I, lo- I love that uh, I accidentally screwed uh, Mike Kaplan out of an interview for his show with you. I didn't mean to, but it was funny. Wait, was he was going to be on my show, or was I going to be on his show? Was I'm he scheduled sure. to come do your show? I think so I, I just ended up taking his spot on your show. I had it backwards. Maybe that is what happened. I'm not really sure what happened, but if he had come over, I would have asked him to be on the show because he's a yeah. good guest on the show. But this is the thing. I feel like with these podcasts, yeah. Emery Emery, my guest for this week on the show, um, everybody ends up always recording conversations that they have with everyone. Yeah, well, some people's conversations, Jake Johansson, my host for this particular show, uh, are not fun and enjoyable. Some people's are. It depends on the individual, and it's all about it's all about perspective, talent, and the ability to uh, spin a yarn, as they say. Right, and because I'm would- ninety now, I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> You're spinning yarns now. Yeah, well, I you know I use phrases like spin. When I was a teenager, if I said a phrase like spin a yarn, it sounded like I was making fun of old people. I'm finally at the age now where people are like, oh, that's what an old guy would say. I think that people are saying spin a yarn again. Artisanal um, hipsters who make uh, who brew their own or, or distill their own spirits and make cupcakes out of things that they grow in their own garden. I'd like to. I'd like to. From here forth, I'd, I'd like we all should just agree we're going to call them yipsters. Is there a name for these guys? Yupcakes. Yupcakes is funny. Damn. Yeah, well. See, that's I, why this conversation is worth recording. All we got to do, and I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and put, I've already pushed the record button. We're very fortunate that we're actually recording. We're in, we're, we're in so much luck right now. 
I can't even believe it. Um, yeah, I was. We were out at the Yup Cakes place the other night. I already told you that story, so we don't need to repeat ourselves there. But we I don't have, think the listener heard that story. Well, they didn't. Okay, so. My, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I you're having like a. Tr- I'm gonna. You're just gonna have to bear with me while I tell these people I, a thing I, that just happened. And I do realize that you're my guest, but just if you don't mind. No, no, I'm okay with it. I'd like to tell a little story about my wife and I went out last night on a date night. We're married, and we still go on dates because, I mean, I, I wouldn't really call it a date, but that's what they, you know, the marriage helper counselor people, they say you should go if on If you dates. call it a date, then there's an expectation of some sort of sex afterward. You really should embrace this concept. It turns out that we had sex a couple of nights before that, you know. Together? Yeah. I th- okay. Yes, yes, that was together. Got it. That was together. Um, so that, that pressure was off for last night because I'm not a – I I don't know. I don't – this is – I've learned from the past dealings with you mm-hmm. that the less I ask you about your sex life, almost the happier I am. Sometimes you tell me some interesting things, but there's a lot. It's a big – talk about a yup cake. <laughs> <laughs> Your sex life is very forward thinking and filled with a lot of excitement. Yeah. So anyway, I'm on a date, which is not as exciting as the kind of dates that you go on uh, in my imagination. Because I don't, I'm not really, I, maybe you can tell me a story. Seems about Seems like the less dates. I tell you, the better time I'm having. I think so. I think you <laughs> might be, want to be careful or tell me your best story right. when I'm right. done with this story, which is not my best story. So we're, we have a date night and we go to a restaurant that we've gone to before that was okay. My wife likes to go. To the trend. My wife likes to go to the place where the young actress wants you to take them on a date when you're 30 years old. She okay. still likes those restaurants. The kind of, oh, people are talking about this place or, you Earth know. Earth Cafe. We're the old or Earth Cafe. Thanks, Grandpa. Um, <laughs> that's where the young actresses go after yoga when they become old actresses. Oh, really? Uh, Man, times change so fast. I don't know. The Earth Cafe is okay, but I don't. I don't Spelled they're... U-R-T-H. Yeah. Those... Because that's cool. Yup cakes. <laughs> um so yeah, I I've gone to the Earth Cafe. If you come to LA, you almost want to go there. Just or that and the Whole Foods. Bring a yoga mat and a condom to the Whole Foods and see what happens. <laughs> see what? Happens. Yeah, five o'clock on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday night at Whole Foods. Uh huh. You're getting some, and you're going to be more flexible when you're done. And you can thank me in an email to j- Jake at JakeThis.com. So my wife and I are out on a date. And we went to this restaurant, and we had, I think we had the, oh, it's one of those restaurants, now these restaurants, you know, you go in there, and there's three people who come by the table to see if you need anything, but there's no bathroom, you have to go to the restaurant next door if you want to go to the bathroom, right. and they've got a ton of staff, and they want to explain everything to you, and it's like, I'm pretty sure I know what a steak with potatoes is, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're new potatoes, and they cook, it's medium rare, but there's two things, they've got like four entrees, and there's two that you want, and the other two are like, I don't think I'm into that, so we had the same thing that we had the last last time we went to this place which was fine because we liked it and then we're walking home and we go by they've they've torn out and this neighborhood is quickly becoming yup caked because we're right near the i think google or some internet i think it's google has opened some offices near this side of town this west side right right and so they've they've taken out the old pizza place that's been there for 30 years where you used to be able to get a spinach salad with artichoke hearts for 7.95 and all you could drink soda fountain or whatever slice of pizza at noon sunflower you know. place is that the wildflower pizza wildflower, so they've taken yeah. that out and they've put in this new yup cake place where here's our here's our beverage center where you can get our micro brewed you know root beer you know, there's always some thing. Do they have the they, water they, sol, 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 sommelier? Is that what, what? What's the wine guy? Water sommelier. Sommelier. They, sommelier. Yeah. So, so they, they, they. This was in the paper recently. There's, there's a place that offers a an expert on water who will come over and help you choose the right bottled water. I think you're referring to an episode. I know, of right? Teller show. What, here's how I found out. Penn Gillette threw it up on Facebook saying. Nothing. We, uh, we we never did fiction on Penn and Teller's bullshit. We never did fiction. This is real. This exists. Yeah. You, well, they're making up whatever stupid bullshit trick you can think of to get people to pay you money for something that's worthless. There is someone else who's going to do it for real. Yeah. So you do yourself a favor and start laminating your turds because <laughs> you can sell them on the Internet. I'm not kidding. That does not work in the lamination machine. 
It just makes well, it, it's I'm, a nightmare. I'm partners with a Chinese firm that's working on a new lamination machine. It's like more a, 3D than flat. It's like one of those 3D printers, except you shit into it. <laughs> if you don't excuse my French. <laughs> so my wife and I are coming home. The French don't say shit. No, they say married. You married yeah, into you it. You married into it. Um, <laughs> so we're coming home from the Uncle restaurant that we went to. And we go by this pizza place that's been yup caked into this place where you can get pork belly tacos for eighteen dollars, and uh, and you know the young hostess is showing us the place it used to be a place where you'd bust in you get a pizza and maybe a beer and you'd sit in this old wooden room with sawdust on the floor or you could go back to the back patio which was nice because it was outdoors but they put in some architectural details that make it look sort of fancy but it's still the same kind of place same building you were in last time yeah yeah and we're looking and my the hostess is taking us around and she's 23 and attractive and you know sincere about her belief in an $18 pork belly taco. <laughs> and so my wife then says, you know, this is about the same price as the place where we just ate dinner. What do you think? And I say, I think we need to sell our house to one of these douchebags. <laughs> oh, you you came in on a punchline. That was amazing. Where I said, I think we should sell our house to one of these yuppie <laughs> douchebags. Douche douche <laughs> yeah, and the maitre d' laughed, the lady. She thought that was funny because they, they were a pack of Google yuppie douches. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to let one of those... Those little upstarts have no, our house. No, really. <laughs> Upstart? It was, of it was a moment of passion, but it was some truth-telling futuristic talk because yeah. someday we're going to sell our house and we're going to go move to a place where people are nicer and the food is softer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yourself. Some warm I'm... goo and a nice... Uh... No, that's not the future that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Hard, crunchy food and an exciting life, okay? Well, well we don't have enough money for the teeth that you're going to need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do we sit? Oh we God, sound like you, the old Jews we used to make fun of. I do you know, realize this? But the thing is, that's who we sound really like. really underestimating us. Yeah. This is the thing. I mean, I, have, I am so optimistic about my dotage. I am, like, going to be having the greatest time. I'm going to be surfing. I'm going to be lying in the bath with a music stand. I'm going to be conducting classical music even when I'm deaf. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to give up. I'm making I'm, jokes I'm about sports. myself, but look, water sports. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she understands the joke she accidentally made. Here's the deal. This, this has to do with the difference of background. I mean, he was raised in Iowa. No, I'm making jokes about a, a traditional retirement put into the, our future. But really, I am a, I'm strong like bull, not emotionally. But physically. No, emotionally. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm keeping it together with matchsticks. <laughs> I can eat yard clippings and uh, spam, and I can, I can. When? When are you going to start doing that? Because they would really take the pressure off me. It sounds. Yeah. Look at this. Look around you. There's I, a can of spam right over there. <laughs> I, 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 I think. I think he might have the better model here because you're kind of set up for failure. No matter how you could, you could get ninety percent to what you're imagining. Uh huh. And, and, and what happened to my father? And you're going to be disappointed. He gets 10% past what he's imagining, and it's just... It's a total win. Yeah, yeah okay. he wins. So my dad, who has Alzheimer's, who's 81 years old, fell off a 100-foot cliff in November. It was 130 feet in the original telling, and I feel yeah. like you need to stick to well, that. Well, it, it was 130 feet. It was is anywhere between 30 and 40 meters, which for you Americans is between 100 and 135 Jesus, feet. It's like yeah. it's not hard enough to understand this show. <laughs> <laughs> Meters and feet. Oh, yeah, I'm going metric. <laughs> so, anyway, so here's the thing. So, Emery, he has Alzheimer's. He survives. Uh -huh. He has six broken ribs. He got a couple of fractured vertebrae. He had some bumps and scrapes and bruises. The guy doesn't know he's fallen off a cliff. He's looking around North Shore Hospital thinking he's in a restaurant and going, Are we just a table for two today? You know, wow, and if you say, Dad, we're in North Shore Hospital. You've fallen off a cliff. You've, you know, broken six ribs. My dad is taking aspirin for the pain, which is like, um, take Panadol in New Zealand, but aspirin here. Aspirin for the pain. I would be, I would be pumping the Vicodins. He's taking aspirin, right. and I say to him, "Man, you are tough." And he goes, "I'm a sailor, not a sissy, Belinda." And I'm like, "Yeah, Dad." But that's the stock that I come from, and that's what I expect of myself. That at 81, even if I've lost all my marbles, I'm going off that hundred foot cliff. I'm surviving, 
and then I'm looking around for you know what's next to eat, drink, you know what next right. good time is to have, and then I also hope that the next time I go off the cliff, that's how I die, going off the cliff, not having an accident in the old people's home where I slip and you know break my head open. Right. No, it's a good way to go. It's a better way to survive, though. I mean, your dad. Jesus God, that's awesome. He's awesome. Can but you imagine that? Awesome. And he, he's what's cert- terminal velocity? One hundred and thirty feet. There's got to be. Was, it wasn't a straight drop. He's he bouncing. He's bouncing off of that's, shrubs and rocks. That's worse and funnier. Yeah, <laughs> he, went, he went down between two really jagged bits of cliff. In the middle where he was, there were bushes. So he sort of bounced and you know everything he did knock himself out. He did fall on one ledge and like in the movie, sort of roll to the edge of that ledge and go down the next one. But he was a search and rescue. Look, miracle. all of this, none of this was caught on video. It, That's a this shame. Is, we're just kind of completely recreating this. But the artist recreation, the animation of this, if anyone knows how to animate this and you'd like to put it on the internet along with that story, I'd love that. Anyway, go ahead. Was there a roadrunner involved? No, we don't have those in New Zealand, okay. but if there had been. But the thing, you know, my dad was this, the search and rescue miracle because, you know, normally they find the, the 81-year-old guy yeah, yeah, yeah. is dead. Boned, yeah. And this guy, you know, was alive and, you know, like, what are you doing now? Because he's, he doesn't know what a helicopter is anymore as they're sort of winching him up in the helicopter. He does know what a helicopter is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, yeah. I know. You tell your, yeah. So then, I don't to, mind a little embellishing, day, but come on, he, he knows what a helicopter <laughs> yeah, he know, is. Yeah, probably. So You're the, a stickler for the facts. That's very clear. Yeah. Well, he's got Alzheimer's, but you don't forget what helicopters are. You forget what your wife's name is. Tell me that when you've got Alzheimer's, okay? Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah, we'll see what you remember when yeah, you yeah, we'll no have kidding. our checklist. What is that you're getting in to drive home? I mean, <laughs> how do I know what driving is if I don't know what that is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, um... So then I read the other day about another, um, what's my dad, an octogenarian, who fell off a cliff in New Zealand, about the same height, 85 years old. This guy's a mountain climber, though. He's, you know, sort of fit, more fit. But he had told his wife, because they have the cliff near their house like my dad does, hey, I've worked out what I'm going to do, Edna, when I fall off the cliff. I'm going to go spread-eagled as I go down, because I think that is the, you know, that is my um, safety. Minimize the damage. Yeah. And when I heard that. And he does. He falls off a cliff. He falls off a cliff. He goes spread eagle. He breaks eight ribs. He punctures a lung. He breaks his shoulder. He breaks his arm. Moral of the story, do not go spread eagle. Yeah, no. Fucking nuts. No, I mean, no, no because this no. is... The moral you got a different story. moral. The moral of the story is no matter how old and tough you think you are, there is some other fucking guy out there who's older and tougher than you. So shut up and eat your soft food. <laughs> the moral Don't go of the picking story. fights with the other assholes at your, you think is a restaurant, but it's really the nursing home. What the moral. Moral. The moral of the story is, in your 70s, move to the flatlands. <laughs> the hell is the matter with people living by... If you're an octogenarian, get away from the cliffs. Okay? <laughs> Not New Zealand, man. We're moving to those cliffs. We're like, <laughs> We're like hey, the 81-year-old man. went off last week. I'm the 85 This is like some, sort of, some sort of draconian population control that you're doing here. It's good. It's how we get rid of our old people. It's much better than, you know, pining away in an old people's home. Yeah, My dad is I in guess. this really cool one now, though, for Alzheimer's people because they allow all these crazy old people to have their old crazy cats and dogs with them and there are chickens. And because my dad likes to go. <laughs> if you don't have a dog, they just give you a dog and tell you, this is your dog. It's yeah. your childhood dog. Yeah. You can't tell who's sort of, you know, in worse shape, the animal. or the. Hey, look, what I really came in to ask was, yeah. Nuna and I want to watch Doctor Who. Okay, we we'll turn on your TV. <laughs> yeah, the TV's already spying on us. But um, oh my God, are you tr- really? You no. tr- you came in to solve a t- technology yeah, problem? Yeah, but I also I did a bit of podcasting while I was here. <laughs> you yeah. did, yeah. you did. And yeah. So you've cast some we've, pod. We've, yeah. <laughs> Let me go in. Yeah. I'm. Gonna... I've, I've been podding it oh, up. Great. Okay, is he going to do a solo while we're gone? <laughs> Let him just have the mic. Well, you're, you gotta, you got to get him on the network, right? i got to get him on the network. It's pretty easy. Go, and do, yeah, go do that. Yeah, I can do it. Why okay. the, is it a mobile podcast? No, it doesn't work that way. Do yeah, no, does it? I, it does, but I, I feel like I need to turn it off. Yeah, well, right. then you'll here, you can come on. No, we All right, go. Come let's on. do it. Here we go. This is going to be great. We're going we're gonna to walk and oh. podcast. <laughs> Watch out. That doesn't open that way. Okay. Slamming into doors. All right, Tony. So we're walking into Jake's house uh, because uh, we were actually in the office, which is not connected to my house. We don't want to give too much information. Stalkers, you don't give them. Let's just uh, give them a layout of the whole place. So So. here we come. We're coming in. My daughter is here. Here, why don't you, um, kids? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll cover this. Okay. And he's going to sign her onto the network. 
Yeah, so we're going to do it on that, on the Samsung Smart TV. Now, we were talking earlier about the Samsung. You're, mm-hmm. you're concerned. You heard, you heard that the Samsung TV actually can listen to you, and, and, and they can take data and keep it, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd heard that it was way more sort of nefarious and, and a lot, you know, that yes, it was basically watching you all the time and listening to you, that it was very big brother, and it was interested in Jake's and my political arguments. Right. You know, the, and, and marital discussions. Right. The, the, the fact of the matter is, it's just a, a statement in the terms of service with the Samsung smart TVs um, and, and the super smart ones. In other words, the ones that are um, voice command. The ones that you can say, hey, Samsung, change the channel, turn the volume down. You can verbally communicate with it. Right. And those ones, those are danger, Will Robinson. Don't. The, the, the risk, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with them. The, the risk is that while you're um, communicating with the TV, data is actually stored. In other words, what you say, that mm. audio, mm-hmm. is it goes up to the cloud, it goes over to Samsung, and then it gets stored in their, in their database. Yes, but only while you're talking. Um, and we don't have a voice-activated television for Nula, so you're allowed to say. Yeah, you don't you even want. have it, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, re- yeah. Although there is some value in putting a little fear in Fanula. Uh, <laughs> you know, you never know, Fanula. Someone could be listening. Be careful what you say. I don't know if that's good. That's probably not good. Fanula hasn't. She she's so you know nice and has not said any. You know, she, there's not. You're not naughty. No. You don't have anything to worry about. So the the worry of of being of having a conversation caught is a very very specific window, and then you have to consider the possibility they're they're just legally telling you uh, that this information could end up on our servers, mm. and um, the, all they're all they're saying is uh, we have to legally tell you that we're saving this, and that information might be shared with third party. At that point, it could, could go anywhere. Right. right. Um, so then, if it's someone, if you, but if you're a naughty person and the CIA was interested in you, they could. You were saying they could go to Samsung. That's the know. that's the, the the big danger. I think is if you're a mobster and they're trying to hunt you down and figure out and catch you admitting that you killed a bunch of people in, in little little. Italy somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where uh, you'd do it. I mean, you wouldn't do it anywhere else but Little Italy. It's the only you? place. That yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I refuse to kill anybody anywhere else. But, um, right. So they, they say that if you uh, um, – th- they can get a warrant to go to Samsung and uh, use the Patriot Act, which should be repealed as just wrong. Yeah, they can use a- the Patriot Act to demand Samsung give them data so they can hunt for that information. Right. So that's – that's an extreme example, but the, the, that's how extreme of an example uh, needs to be offered where this could actually come back to bite somebody in the butt. Right. And my friend's saying that, hey, it tells you in the owner's manual, be careful because your TV's, you know, whatever you say in front of it, it's, you know, telling somebody else. That's really ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the telephone game with regard to these kinds of problems. Yeah, it it yeah, ends exactly. up being, no matter what happens, the, your TV's listening all the time is not accurate. It's, yeah. it's where people land, but it's never accurate. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really boring for the TV if it was listening all the time because I mean, sometimes so- it's good and sometimes it's not. I, I have friends who actually put a piece of tape over their cameras on the various devices like the uh, Xbox device that can see you and when they- they're not using it, they will cover them up. Wow. Yeah. And I... They've been watching too much. uh, What movie do you have to watch to know? Yeah, Homeland maybe. Right. Minority Report. That's old now. But we do have problems. I mean, there's no question we have problems. They should not be able to gather information... Um, that's private. That the, the, yeah, yeah. the Patriot Act has completely turned us into Eastern Bloc Germany. Yeah, and the thing is, people don't realize it. They think you know they don't realize how much they're. You think that's think a bit Eastern extreme? It's not Stasi. Germany might have been a little it's not different Stasi. than this, but I you know I've only read books about it. <laughs> Stasi was a little crazy, yeah. but they did make that great movie about it. Okay, Fanula, we're going to see now if we can get the doctor. It can't. You know what? We're going to have to. I think we're going to have to. Push pause on this because we do have a little technology thing that we've got to do. All right. Back in business. Hang on. All right, cool. Oh, I think switch microphones with me. Oh, cool. Just to keep the same orientation that we had. Hey, there's a squirrel. Nice. Uh, Yeah. So we're uh, we're walking back over to the office from Jake's house. That was really a timely uh, turn up for Belinda because she came in right at the moment <laughs> of that. That was a funny uh, douchebag story. Funny timing thing, yeah. Yeah, I feel like. 
Jesus. This whole place is like it's that. coming down. It really whole is like that. This place is coming down. First, I can't get connected to the internet. It's not, it's not Joe Franklin's office quite. You know what I mean? You've seen Joe Franklin's office, right? Well, that's another kind of old that guy. throwback thing. He passed away. Did he? Yeah, when? he just died. When did that happen? Oh, a couple of weeks ago. Just pardon me while I... <laughs> We've lost a couple of aristocrats re- recently. We lost uh, Joe Franklin um, and uh, Taylor Negron has passed oh, away. Oh, Taylor. I was very sad. Yeah, that's that a drag. Taylor passed away. It's really a drag. Very sad. It came on pretty suddenly. Yeah, I didn't realize he was sick, and then he was gone. It wasn't long. I mean, he 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 had been he had been uh, dealing with this for a couple of months, I think. Well, that's not very long. What it's kind not of long at all? What kind of cancer? It was cancer. Yeah, I, you know, I do not remember the details. Yeah. Um, well, he was an awesome guy. I'm sad yeah. that Taylor Negron is gone. Yeah. But uh, we always uh, we in the aristocrat world, uh, you know, Penn Prevens. Um, uh, as soon as an aristocrat kind of kicks it, we're all talking about him, and and uh, you know, does does uh, Penn, Penn still holds the a little warm spot spot in his heart for the aristocrats? Sure, all of us, absolutely, even me, even absolutely. me, Emery. You're damn right. Um, yeah, the, that was a fun experience. It, it was uh, quite a, it's had quite a life. The aristocrats. Yeah, the the. Man, your shoot just cracked me up when 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 you were. I don't think I don't think people realize how much realism is in some humor, and yours is yours is very very real. When you're when you're telling the camera guy to not look at the kids, you're genuinely trying to protect those kids in that instant. You're not I, just I doing didn't comedy. Think it was a good idea to have some other. Yeah, no, it's very real stuff that's going on. Those those kids could be grown now. They yeah probably. I mean, that is how it works, right? Yeah, they grow up. They yeah. grow up. One minute you're having an orgasm, and the next minute you're going to a college graduation. I think you missed it. One minute you're having an orgasm, and the next minute they're having an orgasm. You don't want to go there, do you? No, I don't, you don't think like that. that was what I meant at all. That is exactly how it works, though, my friend. And I think the more poignant fact. But you didn't mean you're having sex with your kid. You meant... Why would you go there? See, yeah, okay. I, I put that on you. Well, this is, a, just this saying, is a litmus look, test. About I'm going to have to Jake, poll the me. listeners, but maybe I am a perv. <laughs> um, now's a good time for you to tell a story of one of your date nights. A date night? See, I don't do date nights. That's the thing. It's not really a date. What do you call what you do? I I have uh, relationships, I guess. I don't know. You've got a primary relationship? Is I do. Right? I'm polyamorous. Yes, but you have a prime, and there's a primary. You're polyamorous. Okay. I have a girl who lives with me that most people... She lives with you now. Heather does. Yeah, I didn't realize. She, oh, she you didn't moved, know that? Moved yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Heather. Heather's my live-in girlfriend. She lives with me. We share um, uh, a lot of things. We share finances. We share a lot of things together. Um, uh, and 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 I, I have, and she has, we both have other relationships as well. With other... Now... It just gets complicated because then this this was a funny conversation, interesting conversation that I was having with you about. I think most people think when they think of polyamory, they think or or people who've got multiple sex relationships going on, they think that it's based on, you know, people are being deceived and there's a lot of stuff that you have to keep secret. And it's not it's 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 kind of less um, intimate. And by intimate, I don't mean sex. I mean, uh, talking. Yeah. But in fact, to to have a to have a primary sexual relationship and then another sexual relationship with another person who has other sexual relationships with other people, you've got to do so much of the talking that people do in just their one relationship yeah. with so many other people because you can wind up in a situation where somebody that you are sleeping with has another person that they're sleeping with and that person's feelings are being hurt by something that another person that you're sleeping with said at a dinner party right that's absolutely a possibility it's it's really no different than any other circle of close friends with the exception of most of them are putting it in each other i mean that's that's the what do you mean? Well, we're having there's sex involved. I mean, you know, you have to navigate the thing you just described with close friends. It, it, it's that somebody got their feelings hurt about that's some all. Other thing. But that's all but, human interactive. Yeah, you do. I don't feel like that kind of. I feel like I have those conversations with my wife, 
but I don't really have those conversations with too many other people. You know, I mean, you and I had a slight version of that when we were talking earlier today about, you know, you produced my last special and I worked with someone else on this special. And so there's a little bit of, you know, we were talking about those the feelings and what we were thinking and what right. I thought you were going to think and that that kind of stuff. But I find that it's I, I only have to have like two or three of those per year with people who are not my spouse. Right, right. Whereas I think you're probably having quite a few more. Yeah, those. well, uh, it, it you're you're definitely managing um, the difficulties in having a relationship, sexual intimate relationship with someone. Um, the difficulties are are absolutely uh, amplified when you're in poly lifestyle because you've got numerous people that you're doing with but there are some there are some aspects to it that help with that i'll give you one example is that the concept of being involved in a polyamorous arrangement um, one of the root level ideas uh, is that insecurity slash uh, jealousies uh, should not be really part of this equation those those things should be um uh they happen no question they happen no question um but certainly not to the same degree and certainly on not on the same level that we experience them when we are in monogamous lifestyle um so there's a lot of things that drew me to living a poly lifestyle and one of those things is knowing that i i was going to not have to but get to figure out how to manage insecurities and jealousies so that they're not a fundamental part of my being and my everyday life. Right, right, right. You can push those around so that you can not just push them down and ignore them, but dispatch them, fix them, solve the problems that, that, that your life tends to be driven by. And what's the, that's interesting. So that, this could be a helpful question to a lot of people who are listening. Right. What do you feel like is the root of those kind of jealousies and to Well, feelings? I think all... I think one of the foundational problems that all almost all of us suffer from mm-hmm. is insecurity. That's a sure. that's yeah. a fundamental uh foundational layer that we have to deal with. And if we don't, we will be uh crazy, miserable, angry, insecure our whole lives. This will fuck with us. Well, it's interesting because I think most of the people who are having multiple sex partners but not telling them yes like cheating on their wife or cheating on their girlfriend with someone else who doesn't know that they have a wife or a girlfriend or maybe does but doesn't know that they also have another girl it's based on deception and lying and that's based on a lot of times insecurity of like i love my wife but i need to know that someone else loves me but i want her to not i need to be in control of this situation and not have her I, I don't even want to be intimate enough with her to let her know what I really want, which right. is having sex with other people. Or is that even what I really want? Right. Most right. people are in a fog of like they don't know what they want or what they really want. And they're lying to other people and they're having sex with multiple people just because they feel like that's how. Well, if all these people want to fuck me, then I must be fuckable. Yeah. There's you some know? worth to me. Right. Instead, instead of just like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Insecurity is the root, man. And it's, how it's, do you how do you how do you combat that insecurity? Well, uh, you in know, your, in yourself when you feel it. For me, the trajectory I found myself on, I, I was I was I was disturbingly insecure. I mean, I, I was there were psychotic aspects of my behavior at one point early in my life due to these fundamental insecurities. Do you and, have a, like a? a an example without asking you to, you know, I can be, tell me your. I can be really honest. Um, uh, there was there was a point in my teens when I was in a monogamous relationship with a woman, and I was positive every time that woman was not in my sight that she was just fucking everybody that she wanted to or could or could. That's it. She I, in my head, I imagined her going into a grocery store alone and absolutely just pointing at someone and going to the bathroom and then just fucking for a couple hours that she couldn't possibly just be really interested in you and yeah and not interested in other people that that you know if she's having sex with you she must be having sex with well it it all comes back into the foundation uh uh that that made me what i am one of the foundational aspects of what i am and that is the the abject insecurity um that everything was just riding on this river of insecurity and so um um, 
uh, and, and, and that manifest in, in me just becoming really just psychotic where I would, she'd get home and I would be questioning her and I would be trying to prove that these things that were in my head were real, that they right. were happening. And I, and I know they're happening and I'm going to find out a way to convince her to be honest with me so that we can move on with this. You know, I've you know had so saying? many of these conversations with uh, people, not on the podcast, but in just in life and, and also for myself, it's like a lot of times the thing that's making you crazy that you think other people are doing mm-hmm. is something that you're doing and in the calls right. are coming from inside the house that's exactly you know right. you're doing it to yourself and you're telling them that, that you're telling yourself that they're doing it to well you. we're talking about a time when i had just uh become sexual and so i'm walking around the world and everything to me is sexual and and, and i'm coursing with testosterone and yeah that uh, pu- puberty time is a yeah, intense it, it, that's what we're talking about and, and so so there's this this there's this wild psychosis that that boys go through uh without question generally speaking um that that has to be managed and should be better understood and should be addressed uh we have to talk to our daughters about this we have to talk to, to our sons about this well some women have a kind of crazy roller coaster blast off to their puberty life too but yeah i i feel like there used to be more kind of coming of age rituals that yeah. uh yeah usually i like to have the phone ring during the podcast right, so that yeah. was that was that um <laughs> you can't stop alarms you can silence the phone there really should be a there really should be a, a second switch on all these phones that says i want everything silent until I turn the switch back well, on. There is the there is the stealth mode or the privacy mode or the moonlight mode or whatever it oh, is yeah. on the phone. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole right, right now. Right, let's go on. So we were talking about kids. But we're talking about and we're talking about that puberty time and there are you know, there's there's kind of tribal rituals historically that human beings have gone through when they were entering that time of life that now you are a man kind of a thing. Right. To kind of realize like, look, this isn't just some little thing that happens to you like you like, you know, you now you can ride a bike with no training wheels. This is a big freaking deal, and the rocket ship is taking off, and you better be up to the task of dealing with that. Right. Yeah, we we need to get better in our culture um, of 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 making of of getting our young people to understand what's happening and why, and what to do, what's wrong, and what's right to do. Well, so if if someone if you were to be able to talk to yourself from the past or to someone else who's going through that rocket ride of not understanding and deep insecurity, what, what would have been helpful to you or what was your secret or what was, what's, what's a better path that you could have taken to get to where you are now? And what is the path that you took? That's That's a lot of questions. Oh man, that's a big one. You know, I've never even contemplated, um, there, there's a lot of messiness here in my head that I that, that I would have to navigate to answer that truthfully and honestly. I'm reticent to to even try to give you a direct answer uh, uh, to your question. I, I am going to take us to uh, a place that, I, that that attempts to answer that question in the most honest way possible. Um, I'm going to give you an example of one of the things that changed my life profoundly, that completely turned everything on its head and gave me the opportunity to take control of that insecure um, mm-hmm. fundamental foundation that, that was, that, that, that was just messing with me. Okay. Um, uh, and, and again, before I jump there, I'm going to go back to this and say, you know, as a kid, I don't have good answers right now. I just don't, I don't know what could have in my teens, my 15, 16, 17, 18 years. I don't know what I can tell you that might've helped, um, other than I think maybe, maybe just maybe if I had a father figure in my life, which I didn't, um, uh, that was sound and solid and, and, and understood the kinds of things that we're talking about here, you know, the, the, the coming of age problems that happened that could have communicated with me uh, on an honest and real level. I might've stood a better chance of getting through those processes, uh, without hurting myself and without hurting other people. Well, and just the note that just the notion that, uh, Hey, what you think think other people are doing maybe something that's a software problem in yourself that you can adjust right you know just just the concept if you just entertain that concept that might be helpful but yeah but so what was what was this comedy changed my life i always kind of wanted to do stand-up um there was i i studied uh bill cosby um i studied um uh 
bicentennial nigger. I knew top to bottom. I knew every word. That's not Bill Cosby. That's uh, uh, you're right. Um, uh, that's that's Richard, uh, Pryor. Richard Pryor. Uh, I I memorized Cosby pretty well. Boy, I connected with Pryor, man. I mm-hmm. memorized everything verbatim when I was younger. Um, I knew broad strokes of Cosby. So I understood storytelling from Cosby. I understood telling the truth, really, really hard truths, telling that to an audience from, from Pryor. Mm-hmm. So those were the two guys that really started me out down the road. Um, and I really wanted to be a comic. And I became a comic. Um, quick, quick tale here. Within within three years, I was on a college tour um, and uh, doing very well in comedy. Suddenly, mm-hmm. and people wanted to touch me, and people wanted to shake my hand, and people wanted to. I had never had people wanting me in any way, shape, or form. I just right. didn't. Right. I'd had a girlfriend, but people wanting you—that is a fucking game changer. And it was for me a massive game changer. It really altered the the biochemical processes in my head um so it gave me the ability the power the the drive to start looking at what the hell is with these insecurities you're successful at this people want your autograph people want to take a picture with you people want to know what you think you have worth now so once i had worth in my own head. But it's that external validation that then makes you take a look at the fact that internally you still feel insecure and think, right. well, like, how can I still be insecure when rea- reality why I have all the things that I thought was going to make me not feel insecure? Well, it didn't, that didn't quite happen for me. It was a yeah. process, a slow process over a couple of years. Um, but through my 20s, and let's also admit I'm coming out of that. Um, that that pubescent process too. So the chemicals are different now that are coursing mm-hmm. through my system. So uh, it's 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 not as cut and dried as just a storytelling like this might make it seem. There's a lot involved. Oh sure, sure. sure. But um, I did come through a process as I became a professional comic, a middle, a headliner, and I'm fighting to get those uh, those those rewards that you fight for to 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 become successful in comedy, and. Uh, and I'm working my ass off through these processes, and I develop a sense of value, a personal value, of internal value, of of, of value that I have in myself. And um, that that if it hadn't been for comedy, I'm not sure I ever would have developed that sense of value. I really don't think I would have. I was already in a business, and I was running this little uh, engraving store at a mall and doing quite well. That wasn't giving me the sense of value that eventually really changed my life. Uh-huh. So it was really performing in comedy that changed my life and gave me the ability to start seeing things a lot more subjectively uh, and a lot less insecurely, you know, a lot more healthily. And so you you feel like that insecurity melted away then from you at an early age? Very early, twenty by 25 or 26. Which may not seem like an early age to someone who's 19. Right. But when you get to be 35, 36, man, 25, yeah, yeah. 26 is... Yeah, that's exactly right. It's just pretty young to get through those processes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I did. I, 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 it, it wasn't until I was in my late 30s, um, uh, late 20s, early 30s, that I recognized the things I've just communicated to you. Yeah, yeah. I uh, just was going through life. But that was... That that it was that process. Comedy just changed my life. It just absolutely gave me a different foundation on which to build everything. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think for me, there was there was a little bit of that. Although I, I, I mean, I, there was definitely that being on stage and getting having people like me was a big thing. That's yeah. I wanted. I want that was a big part of I wanted that I wanted to be like I think this is funny and if you think it's funny that makes me feel good right you know that was that was a big part of it so did you go have you been in this polyamorous thing lifestyle since your 20s yeah I don't know yeah kind of Um, here's early on uh, I maybe developed (laughs) I maybe developed a sense of overconfidence uh, in my in my personal choices and ideas um, because early on it occurred to me that um, it didn't, I, I didn't understand why we gave up um, in our, in our social structure, why we chose to give up um, some of the most enjoyable aspects of the courtship process. 
why did we have to trade marriage for the early courtship stages? Why couldn't we? Why couldn't it be possible for us to live in a world where where, where that doesn't have to be given up, even mm. even though you've fallen in love with someone? I, um, yeah, I, very early that occurred. I'm to getting me. what you're saying, and and it's also because part of the answer to that is as a compensation for somebody's insecurity. That's exactly what it's about. You have to give that up because if you don't, you're going to be dealing with someone else who's going to be jealous of you all the time or you're going to be jealous of someone else all the time. Right. I mean, not that that's – I feel like uh, I really enjoy the monogamous aspect of my relationship with my wife. Yeah. You know, without trying to figure out if there's something wrong with me because I enjoy that. But I feel like we're both fairly comfortable with that. But I definitely see that in your life, the way that you have worked th- things out, um, you have this intimacy with a lot of different people, and you seem to be very happy and very busy, and you're dealing with a lot of people who enjoy your company. That's the way it looks to me as an outside observer. Yeah, that's that's for for me. Um, polyamory made sense really early on. Um, I started a relationship with a girl, and we went for four years i think maybe three or three and a half four years i started a relationship with a girl um and it was i didn't we didn't have the word polyamorous then but we we referred to it as open and we kind of had a don't ask don't tell policy going on because um, i was touring the country and uh the world i was touring uh other places as well um so she's at home and neither one of us felt the, the that it made sense necessarily that we should be um we should go without any kind of companionship, friendship, mm. love, what have you, um, that we should necessarily go without during these times apart. And we wondered if there were options and we discussed it and we, and we both decided that there were options and we're going to try those and we're going to exercise them. But it, but it wasn't openly discussed all the workings and machinations right. of it. It, it was just kind of, in like, fact, that was, it was agreed that we wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of backfired for me. The first time I really endeavored to have an open relationship, it kind of backfired from my perspective because about three or three and a half years in, um, we're walking in the park and, and she's being kind of pensive and weird. And I said, what's wrong? What's on your mind? And, and she goes, um, when are you going to be over this phase of wanting to be with other people? Oh, because she's over it. She wants it. She to be. was over it a long time ago. She just agreed to those terms because those were terms I laid down, uh-huh. and I never knew that. I didn't know that I'd gotten into a relationship until that moment with a woman who was just agreeing to terms in order to wait me out. Well, I think that that happens a lot in relationships it does. where you know one person feels like I am in love ten out of ten with this person, and I know that they're a four or a five yeah. and I'm just going to wait for them to come around. It's like, and, and the not. details too, like this, the whole, uh, you know, Suzanne Plachette with the, with the big strapping guy who drinks and parties with his friends and gambles. And, and finally she's going to, she's going to, she's going to whittle him down what movie to be in a family, about? any Western ever. I Any love that Western Suzanne Plachette, you cast her right I in I just there. think she's awesome and sexy she's and She's an old lady now, but yeah, I know, remember. Right? I mean, it's funny because, yeah, I think of her like that, Barbara Eden. <laughs> yep, yeah, there you go, there you go. I dream of genie. But, oh, you, you know, God. all the Westerns when the, where, the, where the woman falls for the guy and she's trying to get him to come in and, and kick the dirt off his boots and sit down at the table and eat like a man uh, with, her, 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 with his girl. And what he really wants to do is go out and shoot and drink and gamble and yeah, you know, right? But you but didn't settle down. But it's you all didn't want to just down. go out and be an outlaw. I feel like that's that's a you just wanted to have it be okay for you to do the other things that you wanted to do. Because, well, yeah, well, I wanted to find a like partner. She wanted a mon- monogamous relationship. You wanted to n- have a non-monogamous relationship, but with someone who also wanted that, who was happy with it, not someone who was trying to wait. That's right. Wait I want out. a partner who agrees that this lifestyle um, is beneficial and comes naturally to her um, and makes sense for her in, in the long run, in the long term, and in the current. That's mm-hmm. what I want, and that's, that's who I'm hunting out. That's who I'm seeking. And how how's that been going? Good. I mean, I I I kind of have known you for a long time now. Uh-huh. Not kind of. I've known you for a long time. Yeah, it's, we're going on I some time. I first here. met you when you were married to your first wife. Yeah, yeah. And then I sort of barely knew your second wife. Right. 
And then I knew a girlfriend that you had where you were in a... Laney, of, right? Yeah. And I remember you being very... That was, that was interesting to me because you were, from a non-polyamorous perspective, you know, you, you think, or I thought, or one might think, I did think, well, it must be great to be polyamorous because now you're losing this primary relationship, but you have these backup lifesaver relationships right. out there. So it was a real revel revelation for me to see just how kind of broken up I was devastated. you were. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's funny. Um, most of my friends get things pretty deeply. Most of my friends. I kind of hang in a pretty intellect intellectual circle of friends. On occasion, I run into friends. Uh, the, oh, one particular friend when Lainey and I broke up was like uh, – I was really torn up and we went to lunch and uh, and we were uh, we were talking and I told him that Laney had left and I was really messed up and he goes, oh, yeah, so you're just down to what, two spares now? So – and he was trying to be funny but it definitely reflected his view of the polyamorous structure, uh, which is – Well, know, and that's, that's sort of where I started went. out with you in terms of most people think that uh, that, that kind of lifestyle – is a superficial lifestyle that's all physical and sensual and that it's it's minimized that other kind of intimacy of feelings and and conversations where where the point i was making at the beginning is no that that life of, right. of conversational intimacy and emotional intimacy has is required to successfully pull off successful uh, sexual intimacy with all these different partners right, right. yeah the um the relationship, the relationship that you try to forge with your kids if you're Catholic, <laughs> in other words, uh, if you have more than a couple of kids, is is a really good example of what we're talking about here. You know, when when someone says, "How can you? How could you love two people at once?" Mm. I, I, I my my immediate reaction to that question is, "How many kids do you have?" Well, no, what your immediate reaction to that, in my mind, should yeah. be, and this is the warning that I offer to anybody who is thinking about cheating on their wife or their girlfriend without kind of openly trying to right. create a situation that you're talking about, is, you know, you need to be careful because you can be in love with two people. Yeah. And when you're in love with two people and they don't know about each other and it's based on lying, right? one of them is going to get their heart broken right. and you are also going to get your heart broken. Right. Just the same way that we're talking about with Laney. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most, most people really have trouble with it. They um, don't, they don't get it, but, but I feel like that analogy or that example that I just gave is like, I've seen that happen so many times. Yeah. You know, guy cheats on his wife and then his marriage explodes and he's heartbroken and he created this, situation that was himself. based on lies right right you know? the, that's one of the things that is always i think important when you're talking about polyamory versus um monogamy is that i don't well i'd like to see some data on this but uh I'll, I'll say some things that conceptually make sense to me that i i don't have data to support but it seems to me that in the monogamous realm in the world in the in, in the society that has decided that monogamy is the option period right um, people having multiple relationships is, it seems, just as prevalent as it is over in the polyamorous. Ex except. A and the failure of relationships is similar, too. That's my point. Yeah. and I don't think we have more failure in the polyamorous realm than we do over in the monogamous but the realm. You're about to sit on your phone there. Oh, the reason for the failure is what I'm talking about, is it's because of lying. Right. Or deception. You know? Yeah. When you – it's funny. You know, there's there's a guy who uh, is an atheist and he apparently shot – has been accused of and it, 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 would, it would seem as it happened uh, – shot three Muslim students that were neighbors of his. And it's stunning to look at some of the news. Was this – this was just, just now. News. Yeah. Just recently, like two days, three days ago. And when you look in the news um, – it's amazing how the news so desperately oftentimes, like Fox, they're trying to spin it 
like it's this atheist hate crime against these Muslim people. Well, now it's like two of their favorite whipping, yeah, whipping posts. Right, boys, right. You know, hey, it's either it's either the Muslims or the atheists. When the fact is that my understanding of that situation is this yeah. guy is an unhinged. Yeah, asshole. he's an unhinged piece of shit, and he had a gun and. They were parking in his spot or someone was parking in his spot. So it has nothing to do with his non-belief in God um, like it has nothing to do with his non-interest in golf. And the moral of that story yeah. is if you're an unhinged asshole, don't buy a gun. Well, that's the problem. And if you're an insecure unhinged, unhinged asshole, asshole, don't buy a gun. Don't get a gun. I mean, I feel like guns... Guns are for real kind of... A, Do you know that story about my gun? A kind of serious grown-up that we don't frequently run into in the world. Right. Yeah. My dad, who just passed away uh, uh, last night, I think. Mm. Um, uh, let me be very clear. When I say I think, I, I don't have a relationship with my dad. And uh, someone called me and said, you know, he's in the hospital in a coma with pneumonia for the third time he's very elderly and uh and i and and that was the information given to me i believe it was last night at 10 p.m or the night before at 10 p.m that he finally succumbed um the reason i don't know the exact answer to that off the top of my head is i don't care about the man he was never there he's not a good guy he's a very bad guy so uh so i'm not i'm not wrapping my my thoughts and, and mind up by that um so uh i got away from the point i was making Oh, the um, the we were talking about the, guns are for serious the, minded. Yeah, he gave me a gun. It was a twenty two, mm-hmm. and with it, he gave me a big, huge box of twenty two shells. I've never been. When I've you always, were how old? Um, this was in my thirties. I want to so say a while ago now. Yeah, a while ago, and. Um, I was in a relationship at the time um, with that wife you didn't know with mm-hmm. that, right? Um, and uh, we were having really, really tough times. She was she was really verbally mean and, and, and a lot of fighting. She'd yell at me a lot. And I remember uh, those things were in my closet. And I remember one day I was like, just it flashed in my head. Well, you have a gun. Maybe she'll fucking listen to. Whoa, that's what happened. And I walked in the house, and I didn't throw away the gun. I took all those bullets out to the gondola. I put them in the trash can and never looked back. Um, you actually, just to clarify my understanding yes, of what you just go said. go ahead. You're saying it occurred to you to get the gun yes. for focus on understanding what you were that about. That popped in my head. And the minute that popped in my head, I went, why do I even have that shit in my house? Yeah, you don't want G- that. Guns make permanent instant mistakes. Well, and I went and threw it away. And then I, I found an owner for the gun later. What if you had a light switch on your wall Yeah, that if you flicked it, you would be dead? How many how many people would be dead within a year? A lot. Yeah. And that to me is I, I, that's what I always say about guns. If I had a gun, I might be dead right now. Yeah, people are dying often enough. We don't need. I, I just have no interest in guns. Um, but, but I have an interest I, I in freedom say, too. By the way, I would just say they're not for me. Yeah, that's, that's how I, I feel about it. They're not for me. Uh, news just like- came up on my phone that I have to say right now. Apparently, Gary Owens, an aristocrat, has passed away. So. Um, Gary Owens, the voice from Laugh-In. yeah, voice laughing, right? Yeah, yep. wow. yeah. Apparently, he's uh, he's dead. Um, doggone it! Not so, not gun related. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look up why or how. Mm. Uh, but he was very old, so uh, I presume it's it's probably. I doubt it's think, a. Well, how old are we going to live to be? You know, when your dad dies, you think about those things, and yeah. I was thinking about that on the drive over here today. I was like. You know, my dad was 20, I think, when I was born, 20, mm-hmm. 21. So arguably, it's logical. I Just the simple logic says, I only have 20 years left. Because he was how old? Well, I mean, I'm 51, 61, 71. So he was 71, 72-ish, probably. Right. So you're saying 20 years. Yeah. I got 20 years left? That's kind of weird. That's a weird feeling, a sensation to have. Yeah. It is a weird feeling. Um, I mean, you do start thinking about that a little bit, not not in a morbid way, just in a kind of reality check of like, oh, this thing that I thought was funny that just happened to old people yeah. is now happening to me. Right. You know? Yeah, I'm headed that way. I looked up this, there's a website where you can, there's probably several, but you put in your 
birthday and your you know gender and what country you live in and it estimates your life life expectancy and it also tells you based on the population of the data about the population of the earth you know where you are in the and so 83 percent of the population of the earth is younger than me really 83 percent 83 percent wow yeah and so you this is not helpful data and it's and no it's, one should be seeing this it bo- it's both upsetting <laughs> and kind of like you feel like a winner and a loser at the same time uh-huh. like there's a lot of people there's a lot of great people who we can name who died way before we're the age that we are comics yeah 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 robin yeah. williams well, you well, i'm not quite his age yet. i guess that's true I, I, i'm younger than you though Yes, so I'm 51. Mi- yes, yeah, so, so you might I only contribute- be older than 80% of the people on earth. But you see my point. I contribute to the- that number by itself sounds kind of awful. It plays a th- trick in your mind. I'm older than uh, 83, you said 83%? Yeah. Of, of the people on the earth are younger than you. Well, that again, that's including a massive slice of the world. Uh, uh, that's a year younger than you or a month younger than you. I mean, you, you well, see no, my I point. Think statistically, when you look at the the curve, you, you, you yeah, but yes, it does. There's a lot of it people does, who are slightly I'm, younger than but you. But as I said, though, that, that kind of, well, so how far back do you want to go? I could enter in a person who's 10 years younger yeah. than me birthday, and I could maybe get down to 75 or something. I think but, it should be measured by, by people you can't sleep with. There. Now we're talking. Well, that goes back to the joke that was in that special that uh, that I was talking about. As you get older, there's more people are attracted to you because you're attracted to people. Oh, you did this and people. I love you, didn't you? There are people that, yeah, yeah. that are attracted. You're attracted to everybody younger than you that's legal. Right. And you're attracted now to everybody who's 10, 15 years older than you. Right. I mean, I'm walking around looking at ladies in the grocery store that I, that <laughs> I kind of have to go, well, that actually to young me was an old lady, but she looks hot. <laughs> It's weird, right? Yeah. What is that about? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know why we would, why we would, from a natural selection standpoint, why are we opening up our field of potential mating options as we grow older? You would think by design that that would just close We're down. We're already operating outside of the realm of natural selection. When really? you know, once, Viagra changed all that. Well, once you're we're 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 an anomalies. We're old guys who are still sexually active and in that game, and our brains are still operating the same. But in the in the real Darwinistic world of, you know, the big strong monkey gets yeah. to have sex with a hot lady. You know, we're we're dead old monkeys. Yeah. Although I've never operated in the world of the big strong monkey. I've said this often because it's not just. <laughs> It's not just the strongest monkey that gets Smartest. to have sex with the Well, I would say the sneakiest monkey. Okay, that's good. I mean, I wait for the big, strong monkey to be kicking some other monkey's ass. Right. And then and you then, go in for a little uh, bit of the monkey nook. And just, like, let's just keep this on the down low. Yeah. I'm going to do the best job I can <laughs> for you. I'd like you in return. Just keep this on the down low. <laughs> have you heard about, have you read about the bonobo? Yeah, bonobos solve all of their, that's a it. lot of their problems sexually. That's exactly right. I I can relate to the bonobo. Well, I can. I wish we all would just 30 seconds, not even that, 10 seconds of fucking when you see a friend. That's the way to go. Yeah, Don't picture like you and that, me fucking. That's, that's, that's what happened, immediately isn't it? That's not, you can't do that. I thought, well, we're friends. No, we are friends. And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming that we're mostly heteronormative here, you know. Yeah, so. look, I'm not saying you're not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> to quote a song yeah but uh, if we i love i love a nice hug and if we just keep hugging that, is nice that's fine yeah 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 okay all right um i feel like that's a good stopping <laughs> we thought <laughs> this is a lot of talking I, I it took me a long time to find some horrific sexual re- reference to to make you feel, I feel awful like this has been a good show it's been all over the no that that didn't actually make me feel that oh bad. good good that didn't make me feel that bad Thank you so much for being a guest on the show, Emery. Anytime. It's been too long since you were a guest before, so I, this is uh, – we need to hang out more. Well, thanks. We, I, it's a pleasure to be here. And we have to work out that Mike Kaplan thing. you got to go do his show or he's going to do – Yeah, that's going to happen. I've done his show. Yeah. He's done my show. Yeah. And so now we're just talking about doing things that we've already done a second time. Isn't he great? He is great. I Mike just Kaplan. love him. And right. Let's let's, uh, let's wrap it. Okay. You want to hug? Let's hug. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
Thanks, man. Oh, thank you. Bye bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the finale. That's the finish up of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to my friend, Emery Emery. What an awesome conversation. And I hope it was helpful to you as you plan out your romantic life moving forward from this point. And special thanks to my wife, as always. I love her, Belinda Weymouth, at Belinda Weymouth on Twitter. You can follow her. You can read her blogs on the Huffington Post if you'd like to Google that shit. Get on with it. Get on with it. That's what I say to you as regards to the rest of your life. Get on with it. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. I'm trying to eat my own cooking. I'm still here. I'm glad you're still here. Next time. (laughs) 